You can use our gym anytime, man. <laughs> I ask the her every time. The rings are like really too high. And like, do you want to come work out with me? She's like, mm. the rings are too high. Or the bars too the high. The bars too high. Use the know. bench to climb onto on top of it. Yeah. Or just jump, jump down, and then my feet hurt. I don't know. <laughs> okay. This well, is you really can move, hard. You can move. You can move the soft box under it too. Like that okay. thing is not. All right. All right. All okay. Right. Okay. All right. We also have a pull-up bar here that you really wanted me to buy. <laughs> oh shit! I used it. I haven't done a pull-up in months. I use it to make sure that I can still do one pull-up. As long as you got the one, you're still good. Yeah. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's conversation with two and a half Asians. Two of us full Asian, one of us half Asian. I am your full Asian host, Ty M. Tran. I am also your full Asian host, and she. And I am your resident half Asian host, Elena Earhart. You sound so dejected. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, so I was telling Anne about the shocker thing and I keep telling her that like if you look mostly on cars that are lowered you'll see the shocker sticker yeah you know I've seen it yeah and I, I can't you want to get one no <laughs> <laughs> dude wait last week when I was driving to the farm there was this guy in a it was like a Mazda R8 the RX8 RX8 yeah he had some weird sexual bumper sticker <laughs> but his vanity plate was poly for life Whoa. Yeah. All right. And I like really wanted there. to turn, see what he was working with, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, who is this guy that fucks multiple people for the rest of his life? Yeah. I didn't. Because yeah. I'm sure he gets those looks all the time. Yeah. And then I was like, what's it like showing up to a job interview, pulling up in this car? With your, with your RX-8 that says Polly for life on the map? <laughs> yes. Probably amazing. <laughs> I guess. Where does he work? Like... Microsoft. I don't know. No way. <laughs> Apparently, there's like a you know there's like a poly group within Microsoft, like the internal. Really? Do they call them message boards? I don't know, but yeah, there's like groups. That within. sounds a little interesting. We gotta go join Microsoft. Wow, are you poly? <laughs> Ty's like that's news to me. What are we talking about today? Dating while Asian. Dating while Asian. Whoop whoop. Something that we have experience with. Dating is so fraught if you bring race into it yeah. in America. I, I, I thought maybe... Let's get back out there again. I yeah, think this, let's this do it. Let's it's the do conclusion. It. We, we don't have enough data points. That's true. Yeah, we need to do our research and come back together. Mm -hmm. We'll just pretend we're all not married. Yeah. <laughs> On the one hand, like I kind of feel like I... Like, I don't want to talk about it because... It's so personal. No, not personal. I, I feel like because I'm a man, like, there's so much privilege there. I'm, like, way more interested in hearing about, like, dating from, like... Asia women's a lot of stuff is wrapped up in that in American culture mm -hmm. to date an Asian woman there's not much wrapped up in dating an Asian man like I think that's pretty cut and dry like people just don't do it or it's like a source of like uh, comedy or something what you hear is those cringy stories of women going on dates and being very like where are you from? Yeah, I was just going to say, there have been many instances where like people are leading with, what are you? Like, you're very exotic looking. Mm -hmm. And I used to be so flattered by those inquiries. Mm. I mean, I think that's an interesting examination where often we talk about how that's so cringy, but not also how it, it also made you feel valued. It made you know? me feel different. Yeah, and, and, and like... 
that's significant, right? Like oh, yeah. the fact that we also place those same values on ourselves and mm-hmm. like, yeah. but we never talk about it. Like in New York, I would get like whistled at all the time. And like part of me that justified like my self-confidence. Yo, yes. But I was also supposed to hate it because it's supposed to be gross. As I have spent more time thinking about these things more critically, like I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. Mm. But there was a time in my life where I just loved to be looked at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really did. And that was very conflicting to not also be able to express like, yeah, that made me feel good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's in like, in my younger years, I would have said, man, I wish someone someone would look at me like that. But when you're dancing, everybody does look at you, Ty. I look back now and like those moments did happen mm-hmm. and I didn't like it. Because what it what it meant is that they were looking at me just as a like fetishization. A monkey. Yeah. It, I was this object of their fantasy and I wasn't like, yeah. I wasn't a full person. You're like an entertainer. Mm. Yeah. It just that feels... transcended just physical attractiveness. Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone wants to feel physically attractive. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted people to look at me and, like, value me for my looks, which have since faded spectacularly. But, like, I, I really wanted that, right? But when I got it, it did feel... It was a very fraught feeling. So deep of you, even then. I'm not, but I, I didn't... I couldn't articulate that then. Sure, I was just reacting, like, you know? Yeah, but it manifested as a feeling. yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, I wasn't ever that deep. It was kind of just like, yes, I am valued. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of what, you know, if you're just put through the lens of race, it's never good. Whether you're a man or a woman, really. I mean, you just, it just reduces you to a set of fantasies or a set of like attributes you punch into an OkCupid search engine. You're so much more than that. Yeah. And I'm just so sad that like, that I spent so much of that time just like trying to be those attributes that people would punch in, but like, you know, trying to be a part of that power structure that would never accept me, Mm -hmm. but still trying to be part of it. Just, it just does a number on you. I guess we should have some kind of structure to this. Um, (laughs) Let's just wing it. (laughs) We can wing it. You go first. I feel like a lot of my dating life has been framed through a racial lens I am a a cis woman, that's how I identify. But I feel like a lot of the men that have pursued me have pursued me because I'm half Asian, Mm. like totally fetishized. Do you think that's like half Asian specifically or just the fact that there's Asian Asian in there? Just any, any Asian. I think that's such a common thing to have. Maybe it's this American culture. I'm not sure if other cultures have this, but the hot Asian woman is like such a sexualized, racialized, exotic thing. You know, like in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, which I think is a groundbreaking film, by the way. But like in that, like one of the characters is like, oh, I love Asian women. Like there's nothing hotter than a hot Asian girl. And it's funny, but it's like kind of true from like the American standpoint where Asian women are just so sexualized. And like, I don't know, name one American person that doesn't like hot Asian women. That's such an ingrained thing. Interesting that you say that because someone actually told me one time that they don't watch the Asian category on Pornhub. Who is this weirdo? Some dude in in the gym I used to work out in. I don't mean to judge. It totally compounded my own internalized anti asian ness Hmm. Mm -hmm. How long ago was this? Five years ago. Okay. Yeah. That you could also be rejected because of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's just because you're sexualized as an Asian woman doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're like coveted. Yeah. 
Um, I think it can also mean that you're like subjugated mm-hmm. and used in a really disposable way. Yeah. What was, did he elaborate on that? Like why he didn't? Well, to be fair, this person was my friend and I'm very open about like my sexuality, the fact I watch porn, Mm -hmm. you know, love the conversation topic of first masturbatory experiences, you know, it's the stuff that we all- Elena's dying to get to that conversation. Dying. (laughs) It's just, Um, every day I see her across the fence, she's like, when are we gonna talk about masturbation time? (laughs) Share your favorite porn links with me. (gasps) No, Elena, for the third time, no. (laughs) That was a great day in the driveway when we talked about the Pornhub crackdown. (laughs) All right, sorry. saving of links. Sorry to interrupt. Yes. Exactly. Um, And we were just talking about like porn preferences. And I think he mentioned that he doesn't click on the Asian category. Do you think he just said that so you don't feel uncomfortable? Um, No, it wasn't really possible for him to make me feel uncomfortable. We were so (laughs) gross and weird. And Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. It wasn't him trying to like virtue signal. Mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) No, no. It was him like, I'm not attracted to Asian women. Uh, Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. And I was like, it's okay. I don't click on the Asian category either. (laughs) But you, Anne. What was the question? Your favorite porn categories? (laughs) (laughs) That was not the question. Anything that doesn't feel creepy? Softcore. What's yeah? What's your experience dating, dating while Asian? Asian? Um, In your I, extensive dating history, I don't have an extensive dating history, but it is also very colored by race because my first boyfriend was black, and my parents made my life a living hell for six years while we were together. Whoa. And so when we finally broke up, I thought it would just be so much easier to find someone who they would approve of. Like who? <laughs> then I ended up with you. No, <laughs> no, no. I, that was actually not a rhetorical question. But like, did like when you broke up with your ex boyfriend, did you have like a picture in your mind? Yeah, like, you know, it, it's funny because I don't think it was necessarily explicit in that way. But I just thought they would understand me in a way that someone who is also Asian with a similar background would understand me a little bit better in terms of like what I have to deal with in terms of my family dynamics, hmm. in terms of like kind of how I see the world. Hmm. And so in doing so kind of aligns with what my parents are saying about finding someone who like is similar to you, but I wasn't necessarily doing it to make them happy. I think for me, I just understood that that would also just be simpler in a lot of ways. Hmm. Hmm. So this was like a conscious thought on your part? No, not necessarily. And I didn't date around long enough to really feel that out and what kind of being with different races might feel like. But I just knew that if I wanted to bond with someone, I thought I had a higher chance with someone who was also Asian. Yeah, that you didn't have to like justify or work that much harder to defend in the eyes of your parents. Yeah, and that they would just understand the struggles that I had with my parents. Do you feel like your previous partner wasn't? No. Couldn't connect with you on that? I don't think he understood why I struggled so much with standing up for him in front of my parents Mm. and why I couldn't write them off Mm. and choose him, which is a lot to ask for from a first relationship. Yeah. Somewhere between 18 and Mm. 24. Yeah, you guys were super young too, and you had the sort of religious component. In oh there. yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. What struck me as crazy is it how long did you guys date for? Six years. Six years? And you guys never had sex. No. That's fucking bananas to me. <laughs> I would lose my mind. Mm, so pure. Yeah. Did you fool around in other ways? Yeah. Cool. So you were like saving it? <laughs> Um, no, it, 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 was, it wasn't me, actually. Mm. If he wanted to have sex, I would have done it. Yeah. Mm. I was just like... And it was DTF, for sure. For sure. Totally. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. he, he wanted to, you know, preserve my purity or some shit. Wow. Ugh, gross. Wow. And kind of, like, respect. I, I think the idea that saving sex until after you are married somehow would help the relationship be more valid maybe in like god's eyes or like yeah. has more of a chance of being legitimate and yeah, like uncontaminated a, i don't even know if uncontaminated but like hmm. helps it have longevity and like god's blessing or something you know hmm. undistracted by sex no <laughs> I'm failing. You're trying, you're, I am fucking failing. You're just this. trying to rationalize irrational. <laughs> oh god, I'm just gonna shut up. Wow, six years, yeah. and then you met Ty. Just the biggest perv you could find. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ty? Um, You've got some stories to tell us today. Oh, I'm sure we all do. I didn't date until maybe senior year. There was like high school relationships, Same. quote unquote relationships, right? But nothing like. I didn't have like a solid girlfriend until after I graduated high school. Uh, first relationship, 18 to like 21. It, I mean, dating as an Asian man, I think is just kind of difficult in America. At least it was for me. Well, it, it also proves itself out in statistics yeah. that one of the founders of OkCupid had a book, Dataclysm or something like that. They look at the statistics of like which messages get responded to, which profiles get clicked on. And everyone will say, no, I don't have any preferences or I'd be open to anyone. But when you look at the data kind of in aggregate, you see that there is definitely a hierarchy of mm -hmm. race and gender mm. of who is preferred and who isn't. I know what blog post you're talking about because I remember coming across That's a whole that. book too. Right, yeah. That one post that I saw was a part of that mm. book. And I didn't read that book. Um, but I remember reading their like blog post because I did the whole online dating thing too, you know, for like a while. And I was on OkCupid <clears throat> back when I think it was just starting to be okay to like to online date, which I'm, I'm totally dating myself now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know what, what year was that? Yeah, two thousand. That, that must have been two, Yeah, when I was doing that, it must have been like 2008, 2010, something like that. But yeah, in terms of men, like white men were at the top, obviously, and then like towards the bottom it was like asian men and then like indian men which mm. you know is also asian too but it was just like the asian men are at all the way at the bottom like mm -hmm. they were responded to the least and my experiences corroborate that just being you know asian for one thing uh and then being short that was like the other huge disadvantage is your like height listed yeah yeah yeah, you can choose. I mean, like, if you don't list your height, people like will be like, mm. assume the worst. Yeah, people will assume the worst. You know, <laughs> people are fucking terrible, dude. Yeah, but yeah, I'm like five five. For those of you who don't know, um, and, and so that's perfect. That's really <laughs> that's really short. That's short for a dude. It's like average height for a woman, which I find hard to believe. But like, you know, for for dudes, where's the average here in the U.S. Like five eight. It's only three inches taller. Yeah, but that's a that's a stunning three inches to, <laughs> to be missing. <laughs> 
yeah and so like you know you how are you gonna you know it's not like you're meeting in person right where you can mitigate a lot of that all those shortcomings by all sorts of other things you know like your personality exactly giant cock yeah your huge bulge you know they're not seeing that Mm. um So funny you say that. So it was just really, yeah, online. (laughs) She mused, looking away, mind wandering. Mm. She said coquettishly. (laughs) I mean, don't judge a book by its cover, y'all. Yeah. Okay. But like, I don't blame people. If you're online and you have your choice of attributes from people that you can just like click through and say, I want someone that's, you know, this age to this age, 5'8 and above. Of course, like, why wouldn't you do that? That's what you're looking for. It just so happens that I'm just below that threshold for a lot of people. So, like, online dating was just super rough for me for just just those two factors alone, right? Yeah. I can't imagine doing it now, you know, mm-hmm. being still being Asian, still being 5'5", five, five, but also now completely bald, you know, like, like a completely <laughs> you shaved head. post those like, thirsty photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you, know, you in the gym. Yeah. yeah. Spray some oil on your abs. <laughs> Yeah, I do remember at some point I had like, I wasn't like getting much traction. So I was like, I'm going to make a profile that was just shirtless photos, you know, and that thing blew up. It was fucking nuts. Wow. And it made me kind of just like cynical. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. So that's kind of what it is. Yeah, a little bit. You know, like suddenly all these people were like, oh my God, where have you been all my life? You oh know, my God. And I was like, I don't want to talk to you. This is gross. Mm-hmm. So superficial. And like people would contact me that didn't respond to me when I contacted them, you know? Oh, nice to see you again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So anyway. That yeah. is, that's like, so I would feel so disenchanted. Just totally. Like bummed out. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. I'm not an incel by any means, but like when people talk about incel them, I understand like kind of where they're coming from. You know, like I, I get how you can get to that place when you're just rejected by society over and over and over again. Yeah, even though you're a nice guy. Even though you're a nice well, guy. you don't fit you know. these notions of masculinity that are just yeah. shoved down our throats. Totally. Literally and yeah. figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a shame. But they all fucking missed out. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're the real winner here, Anne. Did you ever do online dating? Very briefly. Yeah. I was on Tinder for like a month and I never ended up meeting any of the guys that were on it. How come? I didn't put the effort in. Like I got on Tinder right after my dad died. Ooh, that's a great time to start dating. Fertile ground for trauma bonds. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Really didn't fuck with my mind at all. So I was like hungry and, you know, for lack of a better term, I was like thirsting for, (laughs) you know, belonging and care. Mm -hmm. Tinder's not the place you go for that. Yeah. I remember once in college, I was in a very abusive relationship, like physically abusive. And we were at his fraternity's like pledge dance. So it's a big gathering with the whole house. And they're like initiating the freshman class of frat brothers. Sounds fantastic. Yes. And we're dressed to the nines. It's like a special occasion. There was a catered dinner. And one of his pledge brothers is on the stage roasting each pledge man, pledge guy. What are the words? I don't know. Yeah, pledge. Yeah, pledge fellas. He gets around to my boyfriend and he's like, you know, fuck you. I don't see why you bother paying your monthly dues since you're always just hanging out with your Thai hooker. (gasps) What? Yeah. Like it was said in jest, but it was extremely humiliating. Yeah. 
and the whole room it was like 200 people erupted in laughter oh my god and i was stunned what i couldn't but the thing that really sticks with me i mean there's a lot of parts of that that stick with me and that like deformed my self-esteem but my gut reaction when he said that was like wait i he's not dating that korean chick the full korean chick that his other classmates dating he has it wrong he was fucking mm. talking about me and that's how mm. that's yeah. how much i rejected and like wanted to deny my asianness at that time it was fucked wow uh i'm assuming he was white yep okay mm-hmm. oh he called me he didn't just say you're thai hooker you're filthy thai hooker oh my god and <laughs> i actually still have oh it's not even like a funny joke i know how's and, that like, even a it doesn't joke even, though like circa 2009 it was funny i guess like, or no 2007 it represents none of your characteristics other than the fact that it's vaguely Asian, right? Like, <sighs> mm. yeah. Yeah. Overriding tones are just misogynistic for one. Oh, yeah. But oh my God, that's so disgusting. Yeah. Ugh. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was your initial reaction, like you, you said it was confusion, like how long did it take for it to become offensive? Pretty, pretty soon mm. after. My face was flushed. There was a picture of me from this evening after that happened. Mm. My head was on my hand and I was just like in my fancy dress with my fake diamond bracelet on, like kind of looking off into the distance. And I wish I still had that photo to reference as I write about that experience. You know, everyone else spent the night partying. No one bothered to console me or address it. And I was up in the hotel room crying. Mm. And oh my God. I have the... I recently looked at my Facebook messages with the person that said that because I confronted him about it. Hmm. And what's really interesting to me is I didn't confront him on how racist his remark was, but the fact that he called me filthy. I was hung up on (laughs) that word choice because I had not had casual sex in my life or fooled around casually with anyone at that point. And so I felt so undeservingly slut-shamed and and again, it's just another exemplification of how fragile my sense of self was and how I couldn't stand being maligned with like a dirty, filthy, slutty Asian object. Hmm. Hmm. I was so young. Wow. That's a lot of, that's a lot of layers there. Yeah. It's a lot operating on that. Yeah. I see it totally differently now, you yeah. know, but... I w- it was very much about like saving. I didn't want my reputation to be tarnished. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it also kind of makes sense what you latched on to. The idea of identity, if it's not reinforced from like an early age in like a positive way and like it takes a while for it to feel racist, which is kind of why I asked that question. Mm-hmm. Like when, like when did it become offensive? Because so many things like mm-hmm. you let it pass for like I don't know, 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when you finally reflect on it, you're like, wait a fucking second. That is really messed yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for everyone to kind of, I think, reckon with their racial identity, it does come at a lot of different points in time. And especially for Asians, because there's so much 
I don't know, either you don't have enough community to build up that pride or you deny it because you don't want to admit it. Yeah. Or it's like kind of there's a family you grew up in. And so that's kind of where your racial culture is, but it doesn't extend into the world when you move out into the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can also conflict a lot with the identity that you're trying to build for yourself, too, mm-hmm. especially in your teenage years, because everyone in the mm-hmm. teens are trying to conform, find themselves. Mm-hmm. It, but a lot of that is conforming because that's mm-hmm. how you, you know, it's how people organize themselves. I'm still like uncovering things now. I'm like, oh shit, no, that was really racist. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just never thought that thought never crossed my mind before, like when it was happening. I was so naive to racism, anti-Asian sentiment. Like I was so naive to that. I didn't think it was possible because I thought that our model minority privilege compensated for oh. any type of discrimination that we could face mm-hmm. you know like well we're not we're not black so yeah. it's not that not that bad. bad yeah and look at us we work so hard yeah and we follow the rules and we and i'm your filthy tie hooker yeah <laughs> i'm looking back at all of those flings or dating prospects and wondering how many of them were just interested in me because of the way that i looked mm-hmm. or the way that i fulfilled this like racialized fantasy for them yeah. But at the time, it didn't feel like that. I was just happy to get attention at all because mm. I was a super nerd in high school. Do all of us were super nerds in <laughs> high school. We need to bring pictures of our nerdy selves. Oh, uh, I've got my laptop here. I'll, I'll pull some up. Oh, I can't wait <laughs> to see. You. Mine are all oh, printed. They're not digital. Lord. Yeah, I, I ate up uh, male attention. Yeah. I, I think in, in the opposite way for me, it was also the expectation that because I was Asian and I wasn't getting as much attention, I was like, oh, I must not be good looking enough to like, I don't know. It, it had a, a weird effect where, how come the stereotype isn't working for me and I'm not getting the right attention that I'm seeking, which- Yeah, did, it, did that hurt you? Did you feel sad about that? Or were you just like curious about it? A little sad, I think. Like rejected? Yeah. I think it's because that idea that like, Asian women are supposed to be sexualized and we're supposed to be exotic and highly sought after. I was like, I never got this much attention. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As if it's not fucked up enough. The one guy that hooked up with me because, you know, he was known to have yellow fever also told me that he thought all Asians looked like aliens. (laughs) Wait, what? I just surrounded myself with great guys. Oh my God. And so I thought for a while that I was one of those Asian women that. Super hot. No. Look like aliens? Yeah. Like I was gross. Oh. I was so far away from Lucy Liu. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like the weird asexual. She's not that far away from Lucy Liu. What? (laughs) I said, oh, you can't hear it. That's right. Wait. Are you complimenting me? (laughs) I whispered very sensually, very closely Mm -hmm. to the microphone. I said, she's not that far from Lucy Liu. Thanks, but it sounded like this. She's not that far from Lucy Liu. Wow. Yeah, so you need headphones next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, I also remember some guys passing me in my apartment in college and calling me Lucy Liu. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, people will call me Jet Li and Jackie Chan all the time. Oh, my God. But mostly it was short round from Indiana Jones. Oh, what? Yeah, there's like two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, you're Long Duck Dong or you're Bruce Lee. That, that's it. Yeah. There's you're no... Lucy Liu or you're mm-hmm. like a bloated... An alien. A bloated alien. Bloated ramen Fuck. eating asexual... Boba monster. Right. Mm. Feed me ramen and boba all day, mm. please. We'll just film it. <laughs> all Asians look like aliens. <laughs> 
Wow. So he was terrible. Who and says he that up, kind of he shit? He ended up dating or marrying his half Korean hey, girlfriend. Yeah. Didn't, yeah, didn't your ex also marry a Korean? Like, your ex was also super into Asian ladies, too, right? Yeah, he was super into Asian culture, except Chinese culture. Yeah, Ooh, that's not the cool romantic. culture yet. Yeah, he yeah. was like in the, was it Koreans, right? Korean and Japanese. The cool Asians. I wanted to be Japanese so bad. Yeah. I was like, Christy Yamaguchi is my fucking muse. Japanese people are clean. <laughs> <laughs> They're like cool and prim and tidy. Demure. Yeah, Sanrio is like, San they got Sanrio. They're not communist. Yeah, Japan has like, they've definitely had the cultural game on lock for a while. The Koreans are definitely in the game now for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially with like K-pop, K-pop and cinema now. Man, Korean cinema is so fantastic. You could examine that in really interesting ways culturally. But I'll give you a list later okay. of Korean films. Who is on your computer right now? That's Anne. Anne, you are what so photo beautiful. Did you, are you showing me? Oh, no. That's baby Anne. Why do you have that You're one pulled up? Gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. Look at my middle part. I yeah. love I'm fucking this. Gen Z. I like how Gen Z likes to say like <laughs> millennials don't do middle parts. Like we have our own proud history. Oh my god, your hair is wavy. Parting. Look at my curly hair. I had. I love this photo of you. Your Gerber Daisy. I also hated that about me growing up. Your what? curly hair. Curly yeah, hair? Oh, that okay. I couldn't have like super straight Asian hair like all of my mm-hmm. other Asian friends. Mm-hmm. And so my hair funny. was frizzy. I've always been jealous of the curly haired Asians because it looks really cool. Mm. Grass is always greener. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask Anne. Yeah. About. Uh, when you were dating your first boyfriend who was black, mm-hmm. like what were the, some of the challenges being Asian while dating a, a black American? Like, well, I know you got some stories, so. Yeah, I'm so interested to hear this as well. I feel like a lot of the reflections as of late was more how I feel like I was so ignorant in what it was like for him growing up. And to empathize with any of that. Like, I was probably a terrible partner that he couldn't talk about these things in the way that I might be able to do a little better now. Mm -hmm. Where, like, I couldn't understand just how hurtful it was for my parents to reject him and not accept him. That he tried so hard to also tried to be the model minority, actually. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, Did well in school, did all these extracurriculars, was clean cut articulate was air articulate. quoting was also yeah. light-skinned right mm-hmm. like um and also christian he mm-hmm. thought christianity would trump all of that mm. and that my parents would accept him because of that and it never happened my mom came around a little bit wait um, was he christian to begin with yes okay yeah my mom came around a little bit, but not my dad. For the six years that we were together, they never met, never spoke. Wait, wow. your dad never met him? What? Yeah. What? Really? And was no. that your dad saying, like, I refuse? Yeah. To- yeah. Oh. Mm. And what? Yeah. Anti-black oh. racism in Definitely. the Chinese community. Yeah. What did you think about that at the time? Like, I know what you think about it now. I think I was also just naive and thinking that it wouldn't matter to the world. That love would conquer all. That love would conquer all. And not also fully understanding where that racism was coming from. 
I know they preferred another Asian person or Chinese person so that they could have like no language barrier. But a lot of the objections were like, well, like think about like the world that your kids are going to grow up in. And, and you know, I, <laughs> I, I, couldn't first get boyfriend. Past the, I couldn't get past the idea of like, who's even thinking about kids or marriage? Like, fuck off. Like you're completely blowing it out of proportion. And I don't think that they were too wrong about it, to be honest, you know, like the world that we would have raised mixed kids in, it would be both amazing and so hard. And so I think they were always just trying to look out for how to keep things mm-hmm. simple or like easier, which I hate to admit that they yeah. are like, that's a very charitable view of that. I feel like, uh, y- yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that that might've been, I mean, that was a very small component of it was how they used it mm-hmm. to convince me, mm-hmm. I would say. You're yeah. right. I think they just didn't want you dating a black guy because they have a lot of anti-black racism embedded yes. in them. Yeah, yes. they didn't want that associated with them. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, for the most part, I would say our relationship was more characterized by me feeling torn between having to choose family versus like a boyfriend. And that my my dad would blame it on me, that I am the one that is bringing this kind of like... Oh, yeah. You're making this difficult for us. I am making us. this situation and creating all this conflict in our family. Because you want to date this black because person. Because I wanted to date somebody else. Yeah. Ugh. Oh! I rolling so hard. I, re- I remember. But like, no. that shit worked, man. Like, for, mm-hmm. for, the, mm. for the entire time that we were together... I stayed in communication with my parents, right? Like I never cut them out completely. Yeah. We definitely went long periods of time without talking. And there were a lot of other ways that I acted out, but I never said, this is who I'm going to be with. You can either choose to accept it or, or leave it. It was also tough because they were paying for college. So Mm. I kind of, yep. yep. And Mm -hmm. so, (laughs) and so I felt beholden to a lot of that because Power dynamics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting to hear, sorry. No, it's okay. (laughs) That you had a hard time empathizing with him and that you also noted that he had a hard time understanding where you were coming from in your family. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's so much to ask from a person who is being rejected based on the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't blame him at all for that. Right. But he just couldn't understand why I couldn't leave my parents like behind and cut them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that is such an American thing to be able yeah. to do. Just to cut your parents out like that. Yeah. And like the guilt that I felt, that's why those six years were so hard because I couldn't choose. Yeah. You were just pulled in two different directions and, and nobody was ever happy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> It was also so hard because it was my first relationship and I like I didn't know. Um, he smothered me with his love in a way that was kind of codependent. And so I don't feel like our relationship was super healthy in that I've truly believed in it. And so a lot of the other, you know, friends that I have who are in mixed relationships or, you know, I think they know themselves a lot better and they know their partner and they believe in their relationship a lot more. And so it's almost a lot easier to stand up for that because you know it, like, you know, deep down it was good for you. Yeah. For me, it, like, I couldn't say that. <laughs> you have so much to learn. It was hard to be in that place. And he also just couldn't let me go. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't let me make my own decisions. 
So, like, what did your parents think when we started dating? Because I, I know they didn't like me at first. Really? <laughs> why not? You're Asian. Not at all. Yeah, that's why. That's why oh I'm asking. Like, because, like, I'm Asian, but they didn't like me at all either. Yeah, because you were short. <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes. I'm gonna fucking throw something. I'm rolling my eyes so hard. <laughs> I, I, hang on, I gotta pick them up off the ground. They rolled away from me. Um, pop them back in. We never talked about it, all the details and which, why they rejected any of my boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Honestly, always like a guessing game to me as to like what was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, when I started dating you, that was when my dad finally started asking like, what happened to my ex-boyfriend? And my mom also kind of said the same thing where, I mean, naturally where she's curious about like what the hell happened mm-hmm. because it ended pretty suddenly. Yeah. And I had moved out to Seattle for him and kind of all of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, how do you articulate something that complex to them? Yeah. Like in the end, we didn't break up because of race. Mm-hmm. We broke up because it was just the first relationship that was really hard, that mm-hmm. was plagued by a lot of antagonism and mm-hmm. um, kind of rejection by my parents and kind of mm-hmm. forced us in, into a place that we wouldn't naturally, I think, have found ourselves. You couldn't thrive. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you had separated yourself from your parents. But like at that age too, I think it would be so hard for you to do that cleanly. Yeah. And feel confidently. Your relationship was defined by the conflict. Yes. You know, with Uh, with your parents. I think you weren't fitting the model minority like Mm -hmm. stereotype. Maybe it's because you're not like East Asian, like fully East Asian. Mm -hmm. Maybe because you're not tall and white i don't know like we never talk about these kind of things yeah <laughs> i thought there was always like some sort of clear like i thought you had a pretty good beat on like why they were just like rejecting me yeah because i remember at some point your dad called and i remember when he said to you do you remember how much drama you caused for the family when you were dating beep <laughs> you know and i was like what god uh, yeah the fact that he would see that as something to put place blame upon you for like you caused this drama and yeah. not like you're tearing your this family apart. Ridiculous racist policy within this family is the problem, Dad. Well, what about you, Elena? Like, did your parents disapprove or approve Mm-mm. of who you're dating? Like, no, I don't recall them disapproving, and I also would never let them see the bad traits in my partners because I just wanted them to be proud of me. My first hmm. boyfriend was a half Chinese, half Filipino, a tennis player, like driven student. Did you feel like you had to date someone like that? Like you had to date an Asian person? No, I didn't. I didn't. He was the first boy that like paid any mind to me Hmm. and that pursued me. And I was like, oh, cool. This was senior year of high school. We had a really ugly breakup before college. My romantic partners, my boyfriends were always my escape from my family. So I got very, very attached and Hmm. major abandonment issues, Hmm. anxious attachment style. And from there on out, I always really dated white guys. And I saw that. I think I was attracted to white men Hmm. because I saw them as, I I think of like a social ladder. Mm -hmm. That's what I see in my head. Yeah. You want to bring home someone that your family might be proud of. Yeah. That can redeem me, that I can finally, like, I can aspire to and achieve a level of social status through. Mm -hmm. His mom, who was Filipina, 
was like very obsessive about perception and appearances. Mm. Like they would get in fights about washing the car on a regular basis. He couldn't let his hair grow too long because it was really textured. He had to stay out of the sun because he was getting too dark. Mm -hmm. And that just made me so mad. Hmm. But I didn't experience that same sort of like discrimination within my family. Yeah. We have people close to us that have openly said to us that like Asian women that have said that I don't date Asian men. You've dated mainly white men, mm-hmm. um, and and your dating history is pretty short, so I can't really use you as an example. I have like but one of each. Yeah, you've got one of each, <laughs> right? Love that. Um, but it's like a totally common thing, right? Of of people just not wanting to date Asian men, and that includes Asian women. Wasn't conscious for me. Yeah. I've had crushes on Asian men. Mm-hmm. The first boy I ever had a crush on when I was like six was Asian, and I wanted to marry him. His name was Kyle. Kyle, if you're listening, you missed out. Yeah. Thanks for that gold bracelet and the tickets to the rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've had crushes on Asian men. I've been pursued by Asian men, but I didn't necessarily consider them as like long-term relationship material. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks to my internalized racism a bit. My Asianness was like something I wanted to overcome mm-hmm. in, my, in the next chapter of my life. Yeah. Oof, that's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that. Does mm. the sexualization of Asian women, like does that figure into like your your dating life at all? Because I don't know what that's like to, to walk around being sexualized. Not really outside of those experiences that I talked about. Yeah. I think I was mostly just sexualized because I was a fucking woman. Yeah. I didn't. I haven't dated that many people. I've mostly just been in relationships. I also did not date a lot. Yeah, I want to hear more about your history. It could be better now. BTS is like blazing well, your and trail. That's the thing. Like, I wish that BTS was around when I was in high school. Good <laughs> Korean lord. Korean boy band. Yeah, it's a Korean boy band. Oh, okay. Super hot in the oh, US right now. Yeah, they're the first K-pop crossover to cross over into mainstream American pop music. And it's, you know, it's a band full of baby face boys there's just these guys that are just like super pretty looking and Mm -hmm. like i wish that they were around when i was in high school to like normalize Mm -hmm. that sort of masculinity absolutely and that sort of the asian face you know because like i looked like those band members right um you're ahead of your time but like you know they weren't around so like for me i was like you know the the one of the handful of asian guys at my school right there was a (laughs) there was another asian guy in my school his name was also Ty Tran. <laughs> You're shitting me. No, I am not. We had met like in the fourth grade and we were kind of friends. He was like, oh yeah, we're both named Ty. We're both Asian. You know, let's hang out. And then like junior high came around where you had to start dividing yourself into like groups. And then suddenly he was like, no, I don't want to be friends with you. Competition. Competition and like hmm. probably assimilation, right? Like you don't want to mm-hmm. be hanging out with other Asian people. Yeah. Um, and he just became a raging dick to me. Um, and like would make fun of me at like any chance he could get. And he was like on the wrestling team. I wasn't, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> and I remember I was like kind of dating this one girl. One morning before school started, we were sitting together outside in front of like the parking lot fucking Ty Tran pulls up in his car and he comes out and he's wearing like a you know a tight white t-shirt and he's like you know looking pretty big my girlfriend just goes oh my god look at him he's so hot (gasps) and I just died inside you're a senior in high school I was a junior in high school school? yeah was she Asian no she was white wow yeah so on the one hand I 
like there was a, probably a small part of me that was like, oh, that's cool. You find another Asian guy hot. Like, yeah, Asian guys can be hot. But that was totally tamped down by, <laughs> by feeling completely <laughs> obliterated, right? In that high is, school, to hear that in high school is like traumatic. Yeah. And because this guy the was like my ar- was like yes. my arch nemesis, no. you know? Oh, God, Fuck. it was so terrible. Oh, no. Um, and that just caused all sorts of like issues, right? I mean, yeah. Did you feel like betrayed? Felt betrayed, but I couldn't do anything. I, I felt so like, oh, I deserve it. This is also the person that said to me. I remember asking her in my like moment of insecurities, like, what do you like about me? Oh, love that question. Yeah, because I was like, I love all these things about you. Like, you're super creative. You like, you're into awesome music. Which, looking back now, that's so like shallow, right? But, but like, I asked her, like, what do you like? What do you like about me? And she goes, oh, I don't know, like, you're really cute. And that was it. Like, it's all she could muster, you know? And again, like, just a blow to my self-esteem. Yeah. Um, I just fucking hated it. I hated that fucking guy. Ty, if you're listening now, fuck you. Fuck you, Ty Fran. Fuck you in the ear. Um, In your ear? (laughs) That guy was a dick. Anyway. um, So it was, like, very much, like, I had no sort of dating history in high school. And the ones that I did have was, like, very damaging to me. The only chance is that when like the Japanese exchange students came to town and we had suddenly, you know, these Japanese girls in in the school, I remember they would like look at me and like giggle and like talk about me and like, and I just had this like strange feeling that I did not know what to do with, Mm. you know. To be desired. Yeah. Or just to be talked about, just to have Mm. attention from like women folk, you know, that just was so weird to me. I didn't know what to do with it. It was Mm. so confusing and jarring. A part of me definitely felt like, oh, I kind of feel, kind of feel good about it. You know, Mm -hmm. I just squashed that. Um, And also because when I did get attention, it always kind of backfired on me, right? So, you know, um, I relate to that. mm -hmm. There have been times where I've gotten attention, and I think my default was just like become really mean Mm -hmm. towards the male that was giving me attention because I I was like. this can't be fucking real. You, you can't be fucking serious. Yeah, yeah. That that thought of like, this can't be real. Yeah. That was always in the back of my, in the front of my mind. Yeah, same, same. Um, through my 20s. <laughs> yeah. I, through, even today, like I will feel that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it goes deep. Eventually, I, one of them came over, it <laughs> was like the ambassador of the group, and said that like, oh, like I look like someone. Uh, and it was like some pop star. Yeah, in, in Japan. And like that, again, also very strange. No one has ever told me that I look like so-and-so here. Yeah. because That you could look you, like a celebrity. Yeah, that you that could is like, tra- yeah. exactly. Like what celebrity here can Asian, even now, 2021, mm-hmm. the Asian guys can say, oh, if people have said I look like a so-and-so yeah. or like a shorter such-and-such <laughs> or like an uglier version of who-and-who. Like no one, no one can say that, right? No Asian guy can say that, even today. So when that happened to me in high school, I was like, oh, that's weird. It wasn't like, oh, that's cool. It was, oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Disbelief. Yeah, just general disbelief. I think that is a good description of like my dating. <laughs> I was like, I don't believe this, you no. know? I don't believe that this is going to happen. If something good did happen to me, I always questioned it. Like immediately was questioning it. How apparent was, I guess, how conscious were you of being Asian that that impacted whether or not people found you attractive? Um, I think at first, in high school, it wasn't that apparent. I don't think I had the worldliness to think about that Mm -hmm. um once i got into the real world i guess you could say it i think it became 
I think it came crashing down on me pretty quickly. I think like a lot of Asian guys, you can feel the sort of stereotype that you're working with right, mm-hmm. in, within society. And you can feel the stereotype that Asian women are working with within society. Now, what mattered to me was the whole sexualization, right? My thought in my head at the time was, well, at least Asian women are sexualized. Like, they have a sexuality, <laughs> yeah. and I do not, totally. you know, which is very problematic. Like, now, like I totally realize, I know that's kind of fucked up. It's not like that's some sort of like positive thing, you know? But as a young guy just looking to bone, that was totally at the top of my mind. And I knew that it was a disadvantage. Well, I know? think a lot of, I mean, women, myself included, think that being attractive is desirable, mm-hmm. therefore makes you also valuable. Yeah. Like that at the end of the day is what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And if that's how society equates it, then mm-hmm. like, yes, being sexualized is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also mm. like, no, bitch. Like yeah. I am worth more than like how attractive I am. Yeah, to, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't but, yeah. have that. I, like I wasn't attractive yeah. sexually. Yeah. Not like online dating, dating in general. The only people that I felt were interested in me were either people that were really into Asian culture, problematically into Asian culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like weeaboos were super into me. Right. Like you were either you either grew up in Asia, so you were normalized to Asian faces. Right. So I dated like some Japanese women that were like here on work visas or whatever, or you just really loved anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been on, definitely been on a few days where it was clear they were only into me because I was Asian. Mm-hmm. And no, this is not going to work, mm-hmm. you know? And definitely encountered my fair share of women that were just like not, um, like Asian women that were not into Asian guys. I remember when I made that dating profile that was just like shirtless pics of me, like, looking all like super cut and buff was this Asian woman contacted me. Her message, I shit you not said, I don't usually date Asian guys, but you seem like a nice conversationalist. Mm, It was like her message. I'm like, what? That's so like, why would you say that? Ew, 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 ew. She's trying to make you feel special. Yeah. It was such a backhanded compliment. And yeah, it was super insulting, not complimentary at all. You know? Yuck. Ugh, so much of that just so much of that kind of shit you know so like my dating history like i've dated a few asian ladies actually a lot of white women too but like all those were like serial monogamists were they healthy most of them i want to say were but definitely two that were like not healthy because you could argue having had like low self-esteem that Mm -hmm. i think we probably have all had Mm mm-hmm you kind of accept a certain lower bar yeah. of respect yeah, because you're just grateful to be mm-hmm. in a relationship. For sure. I think I lucked out in that my first relationship was with this white woman who taught me how to value myself. Mm. She gave me the nurturing and the love that uh, I never had, but it was like a stepping stone, mm-hmm. right? To, to start loving myself and know that someone else can love me. So when that ended horribly, then I sort of had this kind of a working blueprint of what Mm. my self-worth was. Mm. Wow. Um, But all it took was one person to tear that down. (laughs) And there was this white white girl. Obviously, she had her own baggage. And I think she wasn't used to someone treating her Mm -hmm. kindly. She was in a string of abusive relationships. And I think she was attracted to me because I was not like that. that. She wanted to try something different, Mm -hmm. you know? But then I think she fell into cycles of abuse yeah um and i stayed with her because i wanted i thought i could fix her i thought that that she was like the best i could do Mm. like all these things Mm -hmm. and it just like wore on me 
How long? I want to say like three years. Mm. Yeah. So I, I don't think that race necessarily played a role in that relationship. <laughs> I guess it kind of does. Because I, I was going to say it didn't play a role in the relationship for me to sort of get into it, but it definitely played a role in me staying in it. Mm. Like you stayed with her because she was white or you endured it longer? Yeah, I think so. I think because it was like, oh, she's this hot white girl. Yeah, you like, can't lose this. Yeah, when am I ever going to get this again? Mm-hmm. You know? That's why I stayed with my abusive ex. Yeah. Yeah. There's this one woman that like super into me. I just couldn't find it in myself to like let that sink in. Um, let's just call her May. I, I was like traveling ab- abroad. And we-, we knew each other in high school and she had messaged me on Facebook. Or not sorry, MySpace. Uh, back in the MySpace days. Hey, what are you up to these days? Are you are you around? Like, here's my number. Hit me up. And like, I knew immediately, like, oh, you must have broken up with your long-term boyfriend, you know, and sure enough, she had. And she's ready for you. Yeah, she was looking for a rebound. And I was totally down to be there on the rebound for sure. I got back and that was my first time I ever texted anyone. So this, this is taken as a way back. Um, so I texted her at like three in the morning. Like I was jet lagged. And like she, and like she texted immediately. Like she, she replied like immediately at 3 a.m. In my head, I was like, oh, it's on. Yeah. Like, baby, this is, the chase is afoot, right? Yes. Um, and come clubbing with me like at some point like maybe this weekend or something and I was like yeah sure like clubbing I, I, yeah this is back when I was clubbing and so like we, I, it was like around the holidays right and I went to the holiday uh, my company's holiday party and she texted me and she was like hey I'm at such and such club you should come out and dance with us and I'm like yeah I'm like going there right now <laughs> just so happens <laughs> were you wearing a fedora no, I wasn't wearing a okay. fedora. Um, he does have one. But I, I used to have one. Um, but you, so we go out there and like, it was like in a movie, you see them from across the room and you lock eyes, right? Oh my God. She comes walking over with friend in tow and we, you know, we hug and you know, exchange pleasantries in the club. Um, and <laughs> and she's club. like, okay, now my friends and I, we just want to watch you dance. Because I had posted dancing videos of myself. Like mm-hmm. I used to be super into dance, right? Sick. Um, and I'm like, okay, but I was kind of dancing anyway, so I just started dancing. You oh know? my god! And and she and she, I could see, I could hear out of the corner of my ear. She was like, turns to her friend, and she goes, "Oh my god, he's so hot." And her friend's like, "Oh my god, he's so hot." And I, I was like, I don't know what's going on. This is so weird. And I just, I'm just gonna continue doing my robot. And, I mean, to be fair, I was like a really good dancer. Uh, Sick. And so she, like, we need to see this sometime. I, I'll show you some videos. Okay. And so we, and then, so she like she takes me by the hand and like takes me over to her group of friends, and I'm just like like I'm probably rock hard, right? <laughs> <laughs> just like she's dragging me across the dance floor. I'm trying to hide my boner with my yeah. drink. So we go back to her her friends, and and we're just you know dancing. She's having like a ball, and and I know that it was like because I was dancing with her, right? And we were dancing and she just like backs away and goes, I'm sorry, I can't dance with you right now. You're just too hot. What? And I was like, like, no, wait, no, I could tone it down. And so, but this is like, it's like going from dry land, jumping into like the ocean for me. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I never experienced this before. I haven't either. What the fuck is happening? Yeah, I don't know. So, so then, you know, we we kind of, then we we leave and she's like, or do you not? Can we just skip to the end? No, no, no. That's not how I tell my story. (laughs) So, but, so we leave the club and she's like, we, like, we should do this more often. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, totally. Let's do this. 
And so over the next, like, I think we go out uh, clubbing again, like another week. I was just like, I don't know where I was getting these moves from, but I was like super smooth and suave, like on the I dance bet. floor. Right? Yeah, you were. And uh, I wish we could, I wish we could all collectively like review a hologram oh. Oh, yeah. of this moment. Yeah, yeah, right. I was like super proud of myself, right? Just sort of like being oh, super yeah. flirty and like dancing. And then it, Soak it up. we show up at this club. My one of my friends is a promoter there. He comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, he's like, what's up, man?" I'm like, "Hey," and you know, May comes walking up and he goes, "Oh my god, is that? Like, are you are you with her?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Damn, dog, that's just hot." And I was like, "Yeah, thank you." Mm. And but then she and then she's like, "Hey, we should hang out outside of the club sometime. Like, yeah, we should do something other than clubbing." And I was like, "Oh yes, yes, now it's on." Like I knew sort of like this was the sexual tension. Yeah. yeah, and there was like it and, was, and she's initiating. And she's initiating. It's like super like positive. And again, a part of me was like, "No, mm. this isn't real." Because jokes on you. I, yeah, jokes on me. Like I've never gotten this attention ever before. Yeah, didn't know what to do with it. Right? When's yeah. the shoe gonna drop? When yeah. is the other shoe gonna drop? 100%. Right. Anyway, so then that sort of Christmas rolls around. We don't really talk kind of texting right and then new year's comes around i'm like hey would you want to have new year's eve dinner with me and she goes yeah i would love that again in my mind i was like oh this is great because why do you hang out with someone that you're not into on new year's, new year's eve? eve yeah oh, no. and so we go out we have like you know i take you to a super nice restaurant Aww. in capitol hill my dad at the time my stepdad was the head chef there so we walk Ooh. in like everyone knows me they i get stuff off the secret menu oh, it's like super sick. impressive right yes and i'm like dressed to the nines and she's like super dressed up now you're wearing the fedora no no fedora <laughs> <laughs> no, no fedora that's clubbing wear, please no, 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 sorry uh, so we have a super nice dinner. The conversation is super natural. Like there's a vibe, you know, mm-hmm. and we leave the restaurant and we call a cab. It's New Year's, so no cabs are running, right? Oh, it's all nightmare. And so we're walking to like the Space Needle. It's like not cool because it's fucking cold. Oh. But like we're, our date was going so well that I felt like we were both like, this may kind of suck, but like we're, we're yeah. having a good time with each other, right? Um, somehow we make it back to my condo and that was the other thing like I had I owned property at the time as like a young 20 something and so like I'm sure that was like oh super cool you know Mm -hmm. whatever but then um, we somehow get to the the space needle to watch the fireworks everyone's there everyone's coupled up the clock is about to strike midnight and we're standing there side by side and we're looking up in the starry sky and Uh it's like super romantic Uh fireworks go off and and I I turn to look at her everyone's kissing and I turn to look at her she's not looking at me but like you can tell she was paying attention to what I was going to do next and look at her and I don't do anything I just let the moment pass like it's just not yeah and so well, maybe you were trying to be respectful. I, you know, yes. Not that. never made a move on me. Yeah. Like, I had to yeah. initiate everything. Mm. Honey, so, if you're listening. To, <laughs> to, to back up a little bit, prior to this encounter, I had another woman that I was, like, super into. Ended up bearing my heart to her in a very public way. Not on purpose, but it's how it worked out. And she totally shut me down. And I thought all the signals were there. And, and she was like, I like you as a friend. Yeah, not worth the risk. Fresh off of that, right? Mm. So I was like, I, you know, I'm not going to, I think this is pretty good, but I'm not going to risk it, right? That yeah. was kind of my, my yeah. thought. Yeah. So anyway, uh, after that didn't happen, um, we go to a nightclub. 
and we're there <sighs> with her friends, right? I and can we're, feel the disappointment, like transcending mm. space time, people. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we end up at the club. What club? Um, I, don't, <laughs> I, I forget what it's called now. Trinity oh In, uh, Foundation. I think it was Medusa. Ooh. Club Medusa. I don't know. Medusa. Anyway, so. <laughs> We we go there and you know we're dancing with her roommates and eventually that that ends but we all go back to her place so she is like in the U district and she lives in a dorm with um, her other roommates they go to bed her and I are sitting on the couch at like three in the morning watching a movie we'd both seen before and yeah that's right you just (laughs) they're doing the shocker hand signal. And like, so I'm sitting there on the couch with this woman that's clearly into me. What do I say? I should probably call a cab to go home. And her response was, you can just stay here. It's totally fine. And and I go, I, I mean, the cabs are probably running now, so I should probably get going. And like in my head, I was thinking... It's so stupid, but I was thinking like I've got contacts on, and they're gonna get <laughs> yeah, really dry, that's and like, it's super uncomfortable, like to sleep in your contacts. You know, yes. like, I was not set up for one night stands or whatever, sleeping at someone else's house, and so I call a cab, and they show up. I go to the front door, step out of the apartment, I turn around, and she goes, "Are you sure you can totally stay?" And I said, "Yeah, I should get going. Like I'll text you, you know." And that was the last I ever heard from her. <laughs> like oh. after, like I, I texted her maybe like a week after. I was like, "Hey, let's get together for some dinner." She says, "Yeah, okay." And it was like very non-committal, right? And like after that, there was like no. Like I hit her up a few times and no response. And yeah, you know. But also, she could have kissed you too. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, <sighs> yeah. I don't blame her though. I mean, like, if I was in her shoes and someone in like no one made a move on me, like I'd be like, "Yeah, this guy's like not interested in me." Which is totally not the case. And what's fucked up too, this is super embarrassing, is that I wrote her like an email, like maybe a week after that. It's like, hey, I don't know. And I forget exactly what I said, but the gist of it was, I'm super into you. I said some super cringy things like, oh, I want to like draw your face because I think it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's like super dumb, super dumb. Oh my God. Uh, and I sent it and like, of course she didn't respond. Like, why would she, you know? But like I don't like I don't look at that and like blame her. I totally blame, blame me for one not making any sort of overture, and then two whatever that fucking email was. That's so fucking creepy. Are you kidding me? Like I would never do that now. It's so dumb. Like I can only imagine her response when she got that. It's like what the fuck is with this guy? I get a clue. I don't want to talk to you. But yeah, that was sort of like the whole operational idea of like I don't believe this mm-hmm. like this whatever good is happening right now like i i'm rejecting it because i don't actually believe that it's a thing that could happen to me you know yeah i mm. mean potentially maybe that's why she never made a move on you either like she didn't believe it was happening i feel like i've been in situations where i could have made a mo- move on the guy but i was always just waiting for them to make it on me mm. so that the decision could be mm-hmm. in their hands mm-hmm. like i didn't want to be rejected it's all right but look at you now look at look, you know look at me now. like i want to feel sad about that story but look at you now i used to think about that and get super down on myself but like i think about it now i'm like well yeah i mean it makes sense that's how it went down like how could it have gone down any other way you know um i mean in reality i think we were just kind of incompatible in the long term anyway she's super into sports i'm not so <laughs> oh yeah 
dodged a bullet there. Do you feel like it was a conscious decision or it's just like you didn't know, you didn't have like the instructions of go clubbing, impress her with your dancing skills, <laughs> and then like make out with her? Like, it, it, was, it was just like I've never was able to develop those muscles. Yeah. You know, I never had practice doing it. Yeah. Like, I've never been like an object of anyone's desire mm. that I knew of. Right. So it's not like I didn't have a script for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there were other times too, where people were like very blatant with me that they wanted to like sleep with me. And I just never got the fucking clue. I went to a dance class one time and this woman, she was like the only woman to talk to me. This white woman, slightly older lady. She was a fucking flight attendant. And she kept telling me that I'm staying at this hotel downtown. I'm only here for two nights. Like come see this concert with me. Like multiple fucking times throughout the class. Took the flyer. And it wasn't until I walked away, I got a block away from the the class that I was like, oh. (laughs) She wants me to be there. Yeah. Didn't compute. Again, because I was like, oh, she's, why would she be attracted to me? Mm. You know? There's a larger conversation to be had, too, I think, around consent, honestly. As a cis woman, you have in your mind what, like, these sweep you off your feet, chivalrous type of romance scenes, mm-hmm. like what those are comprised of. And it's like, you know, you're not having a dialogue about, mm. I would like to kiss you. Or like, I give you permission to kiss me. It Mm -hmm. just happens because the mood is right. Mm -hmm. But like, that doesn't necessarily fly anymore. Yeah. You have to be really conscientious and Mm -hmm. respectful and communicative. Yeah. I mean, I would also say that that probably never flew. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But and then and then as somebody that has in my mind, oh, I want the man to be like dominant. Uh-huh. And I want him to chase me and yeah. know what he wants and yeah, make me feel like an object of him, his affection. Yeah. But I want that because I was trained to want mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And that's not good. I'm trying to deconstruct that. Mm. What I equate as being like, yeah. you know, desire embodied. Is that really desire or is that like a form of submission for me? I always rejected that as a kid. I knew that I was playing a different game than all my white guy friends uh, were. Like, mm-hmm. You couldn't just I, take what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't, I couldn't articulate why the game was different for me, but I knew that it was different. Like I felt it, right? Fascinating. And so, like my approach was not the same. Like it, it and I think that sort of like was probably why I didn't like take the initiative on New Year's Eve to like just you know give her a kiss because I didn't feel entitled to. Yeah, I didn't feel entitled women as like conquests mm-hmm. yeah you know, that mm-hmm. that was never a concept in my mind but he no, also no, that's did not it. true that's not true it was a concept in my mind but i knew that wasn't for me mm-hmm. you, know? you also didn't have like the blueprint of like asking for consent right like mm-hmm. maybe if you knew that you can ask like can i kiss you or something like that you know where yeah i think maybe. that was probably a little too deep of a thought for baby tie to have oh sure but, yeah sure sure yeah, right. i mean even i mean it's still a almost in an advanced concept now for yeah. folks, but right. <laughs> it's interesting because I didn't feel that growing up for, for whatever reason, I think relationship wise, I've always felt much more confident. Many other areas of my life, I've got plenty of insecurity, but <laughs> somehow in like the, and maybe it's part of the like Asian woman sexy trope or something mm. where like, I feel like I can, 
take what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and like, who's who's going to reject this? <laughs> wow. That's dope. That's dope. And so You're feeling powerful in it. I think also because I hadn't been rejected before or like dumped before that I don't carry with me any of that scars yeah. as well. But like, yeah, with Ty, with my ex-boyfriend, with like men that have come through my life, I was the one who initiated. I felt sad that I wasn't the one being pursued. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to take what I want. (laughs) Such a fucking dance. That's rad. That's rad. And and was very proactive. (laughs) In terms of like the pursuing thing, I think culturally that's very much like a a position that a lot of women want to be in. I mean, I think we can all kind of agree that's kind of like a narrative that's damaging. Oh, yeah. Because it makes the woman like the object yeah. to be chased after. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the it prize. gives men the entitlement mm-hmm. and permission to like get what's theirs. Yeah, by yeah. any means possible. I, I think I just remember trying that like a bunch of times in high school and just failing miserably at it and just going like, why? Why is this a thing? Mm. You know, I had this crush on this girl it worked at the Baskin Robbins close to my house. Cool. And I went in there and I was like, hi, is Courtney working this weekend? You know, and the person was like, who the fuck are you? No. Like, I'm not going to give you my employees like work schedule so you can creep on them, you mm. know? But I remember walking in there and I had my like Jinko jeans knockoff pants mm. and like tank top wife beater thing. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, I'm super scrawny and just awkward. Mm-hmm. And I walk in there and she's working and I'm like... <laughs> Oh, God. God damn it! I can't. I can't tell this story. It's so fucking embarrassing. It's but hilarious. I told. I was like, hey, I don't know what I said, but I, I had. Like I definitely had a piece of paper with my phone number on it. Oh know? my god! And like, Will you I, call me? Check yes or no. Yeah, yeah, no. No, that's not true. That's not true. That would have been better. That would have been a better story. What happened really <laughs> was I walked in and I asked her for a phone number. Just no lead up to it. No sort of like small talk. Okay, hey, can I have your phone number? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, I walked Hi. in there and I was like, hey, um, uh, I really like you. Um, can I have your f- your f- phone number? <laughs> <laughs> and I could tell, like, she just didn't want to do it. You know, she just, uh, just that exchange, like, watching her write her number down was like, uh, she doesn't like this. Ugh, oh, like, God. what am I doing? Painful. But I was like, you know, I'd committed, right? So I was like, <laughs> standing there waiting for her to finish, you know, begrudgingly writing her number down. She gave it to me, I left, and I just felt so icky. I felt mm. so fucking gross. Uh, I just had to do it because mm. like my friends were pressuring me to do it. And, mm. and I was pressuring myself to do it. Oh, God, I'm like getting goosebumps on how fucking cringy this story is. Yeah. But like, you know, it's like trying to like fit into that script of pursuing people and just like not like, ugh. Mm. Mm. I feel like most Asian women have the stories of fetishizing white guys mm-hmm. and i hear that trend is happening now for asian dudes can we <laughs> oh I, yeah i was gonna say you'll have to get back on, on tinder to i mean i've definitely been on dates with people that clearly were like really into asian guys because they were like in the anime or something mm-hmm. like that you know and just you were like a part of their fantasy yeah exactly i didn't want to have a part to do with that which yeah. is like crazy i think back now it's like just fucking do it you idiot the sex just do the sex and get out i feel like the last year where the conversations that I've been able to have with Ty have been amazing, where it is about race. And a lot of my Asian girlfriends who have Mm. white husbands or partners, I am curious where they are finding their connections. 
for me, this has been really important to have someone to be able to talk to about it and process together and, and process together and kind of and not have to explain that much, right? Like you're just able to have a discussion, not try to like, hey, this is what it was like for me growing up. And like, this is why this story is like meaningful to me, you know, where you don't have to do any of that explanation. And mm-hmm. I'm just really grateful that I have that in a partner. Mm-hmm. What has it been like for for you mm. and Matt? We've always had discussions of race and injustice and educated me in the beginning of our relationship like my eyes started to open towards systemic racism and just like global atrocities around the world and he's always trying to challenge his biases and I love that about him specifically with the Atlanta shooting that's kind of been new territory because Mm -hmm. I'm experiencing the pain of realizing that like racialized violence is a thing that I have to fear now and I've had the privilege of not fearing before Mm -hmm. We've had some contentious interactions around the house and me feeling like he wasn't attentive enough to it. And we talked through that. I have to say, like, this really fucking matters to me. I need you to hear me. This is what I need from you. I need to know that you are interested in understanding this more. And because I have a lovely, loving, safe, Mm -hmm. respectful partner, he meets me there. I mean, that's kind of what I expect. I mean, I know you guys have such an amazing open communication. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you wish he just understood mm-hmm. without, you know? Yeah. There's sometimes I feel so alienated from my white friends and my white chosen family, mm-hmm. which is comprised mainly of my friends, but also like my in-laws and Matt. And he will never be able to completely empathize with my experience. It would be nice if he could. But there's literally no way he can. Yeah. And sometimes that fuels in me like a, some righteous anger and resentment almost, which isn't necessarily fair. Yeah. But I'm working through that with him. I'll also add this. I mean, by virtue of being <laughs> Asian does not bless you with being woke and kind of being able to examine things in this kind of deep way, right? Like, I would say a lot of my Asian friends, I'm not having these kind of conversations with. So on the one hand, it is facilitated by having a partner who shares a similar background and upbringing, but also because I don't want to say doing the work, but like who is examining things, who is introspective and who is like willing to figure things out with you. Mm-hmm. So that's the, you know, it's it's two parts to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the middle of last year, we, we were having like a little catch-up Zoom call with uh, Anne and a bunch of her gal pals, and they were all Asian. I kind of joined into the conversation like halfway through. It just dawned on me that everybody on that Zoom call, I think it was like six people, plus like two more people they were talking about bringing in, they were all Asian women with white partners. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, like, how did that happen? Like, it's not uncommon, right? Have you talked about it? No. It's uh, a hard question to ask. Yeah. I feel it's, like it shouldn't be. You see it so often that, yeah. you know, Asian women will not date Asian men, mm-hmm. specifically anybody but Asian men. And I would just love to hear people's thoughts on that. Like, have they examined that? Was it a conscious choice? Yeah, What's their relationship to their own Asianness, mm-hmm. to Asian men yeah. previously? Mm-hmm. And didn't like really experience this. I don't think before you came to Seattle, mm-hmm. you know, here in the Pacific Northwest, like almost every Asian woman is dating a white a white man. 
very rarely do you see an Asian man dating an Asian woman or an Asian man dating a, a white woman. Like it's always like it's like not a thing here, really. I mean, it, it. I mean, obviously it exists, right? But like it's not the norm. I would say it's probably the exception. But like where you come from in mm-hmm. New York or maybe probably in SoCal, you know, I'm sure it's more, it's a better representation of other types of relationship pairings. But like here, you definitely see a lot of like, to the point where like whenever we're out, yeah, simulation, wherever we're like out on a date and I see like an Asian guy dating a white woman, mm-hmm. I point it out. That's an Asian guy dating a, a white woman. Or I mean, it's like, Ali oh, Wong made the same joke, right? Yeah. Like, thank you, all you Asian women, for bringing your, your white, white, hus- <laughs> white boyfriends or husbands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it has to be a conscious choice not to like end up with as an Asian woman with a white man. I feel I felt it's like flattered to, to yeah. be desired by white men. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's something you have to actively resist Ugh. because there's so much tied up in like being able to couple with that kind of with a white man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on top of that, just because there may be fewer of them. <laughs> that it's harder to find. So it's not like you necessarily go out of your way to date white men, but it's like, well, the numbers are not in your favor. I think in a lot of areas where there aren't a lot of Asians, like you're going to be exposed to a lot You're more. right. Yeah, exactly. Your dating pool is overwhelmingly white. Yeah. I would love to, for another episode, like talk about how it was that you and all of us kind of like came into our own. And when we started to like appreciate the fact that we didn't fit these norms. I think I'm still working on it. <laughs> Dude, unfortunately, mine's totally wrapped up in my romantic relationship with Matt. Yeah. yeah. That's like when I found my self-worth. Yeah. It, that, I think that's totally valid. You know? It makes like, me sad. It makes me sad. Mm-hmm. I love my husband, mm-hmm. but I would have loved to have found like that courage and self-assurance mm-hmm. in myself mm-hmm. to have lived the values that I so appreciate now independently mm-hmm. of another person mm-hmm. and i wonder what's motivating that because you hear like you should fall in love with yourself before you fall in love with another person but it doesn't always work like that yeah mm-hmm. and that's okay too mm-hmm. you know like i didn't feel safe to do that before i had the safety of a secure partner mm-hmm. yeah to love me through my healing but yeah yeah i i know what you mean and i 100 percent agree i also feel that given your history your upbringing i also see that like that would be the situation that would be needed for that Mm. to have flourished interesting and like not to be like too pedantic but like when you're learning how to do that sort of thing whether in a relationship or quote-unquote on your own you are learning from someone else you're getting those ideas from someone Mm -hmm. whether that someone is like a collective group of people or an author or a parent or whoever Mm -hmm, right like mm -hmm. That comes from someone having told you something yeah. or written something that you read or, you know what I mean? Like the idea of like escaping some kind of rut all by yourself and clawing your way out. Mm. It's very heroic, but it's not realistic. It's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Like no one does it on their own. Mm-hmm. So like, while I, I hear what you're saying and I, I agree, I also feel that like, I don't think it's any less valid or mm. heroic, whatever you want to describe it. For sure. To have done that. Yeah. Inside a relationship. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You can't heal yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think my therapist always says, like, how could you have known? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, I would love to sit and, like, tell more cringy dating stories, but we are kind of at... Mine are, like, cringy sex stories. 
We'll save that for another episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have that one that one date that I like stopped in the middle of it to go buy dog food. I like left. Not while sex in that date. Oh yeah. <gasps> yeah, I'd never done that during sex. But. Yeah. That's not cringy. That's practical. She was cringy for her. Why? I'd be like, cute, you have a dog. You care about your pet. Let's do this. Well, I wasn't on a date with you, Elena. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> All right, well, we got to wrap it up. Is that a good ending? Well, you've been listening to Conversations with Two and a Half Asians. Uh, We hope you gain some sort of insight from today's ramblings. If you guys like what we're doing here, if you like our podcast, please subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, OnlyFans. Yeah. Uh, Exclusive premium dancing videos on OnlyFans (laughs) from Chad. Oh, man. Let's fucking do it. He takes requests. Tune in next week where we will have another conversation with your full Asian host, Ty M. Tran and... And... (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That was great. That was great. Your other full Asian host, Anne. And your half Asian host, Helena. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in, everyone. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.